HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Help keep nonprofit food radio on the air and get a limited release HRN t-shirt designed by artist Chema Scandal. When you become an HRN member or renew your existing membership at the $90 level, you'll receive a shirt created exclusively for members as our thank you gift. Don't wait because this limited edition t-shirt is only available until December 31st. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to support HRN at any level. There's more swag and benefits available for any tax-deductible donation. You can even get your company on the HRN airwaves as a perk of our business membership program. Head to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate. Welcome to The Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guests are an expert group of wine people. We have asked the best wine people in the business for their holiday champagne recommendations. I'm Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for The Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. We end the year 2022 with our best champagne and bubbly recommendations for the holidays and beyond. We'll first talk to Robin Wright, Beverage Director, Danny Myers Chi Siamo near Hudson Yards. Next, we speak with Yannick Benjamin, proprietor of the newly opened Beau Pierre Wine and Spirits in Hell's Kitchen and also Contento Restaurant in Harlem, along with Heidi Turzen, formerly the Beverage Director of Gotham Restaurant and co-proprietor of Beau Pierre. Then we speak with Aldo Somme from Le Bernardin and Aldo Somme Wine Bar in New York City. We talk to Annie Shi, partner at King Restaurant in Soho and the newly opened Jupiter in Rockefeller Center. Finally, we speak with Josh Green, the editor and publisher of Wine and Spirits magazine, from our year-end interview. 
I'm talking to Robin Wright. Robin's the beverage director at Danny Meyer's restaurant, Chisiamo, in New York City. Robin, the holidays and the new year are upon us, although everyone should be drinking champagne, which you and I agree year-round. What should we be drinking for the holidays? So I want to ask you a bunch of questions, all right? So the first thing is I think what people want to get to. Can you recommend a great value champagne? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, first off, Transatlantic Bubbles offers a lot of great value champagne. Some of my favorite would be Grenier, Corbone. Um, they make a really beautiful Aviz wine. Um, they make 2010 and 2002. 100% Chardonnay, those wines are beautiful. But my favorite right now is one that I pour by the glass and I'm like absolutely attached to just because it offers great value for quality. And that is uh, Maxime Ponson, who is the wait, son. Wait, wait, slow down. Maxime? Yeah. Maxime. Spell so M-A-X-I-M-E. He's the son of Pascal Ponson, which is a big Ponson that you're thinking of. Right. Um, he is organic and biodynamic. He's making wow. wines with his uh, brother, Camille. Um, his father has passed away, I think, in 2018. So he's um, he's essentially making wines in uh, the, Mon- uh, the Petite Montagne uh, region. And he makes a lot of you know Pinot Meunier-based champagne. And he, wor- he works with Chardonnay and Pinot Noir as well. Those wines are just really vibrant and bright. They have structure, they have texture. They're just really everything that I want. And, you know, at first I thought that maybe his wines would be more too textural or too creamy or rich for the average champagne palate. But these wines have gone over really, really well with, you know, all of our, you know, people coming in. Price wise, price wise, retail. I mean, they're what? I don't know. I would 50, 60, 70, 80? less. Definitely, less. I think. Okay, that's I, what I, I'm I don't know. For. I would assume. I would assume, but I have never seen. And I think it's just so hard to find. You know, small grower producers in retail shops. I mean, it's so hard. Right. Like I would say, you have to go on wine.com or something. I don't right. know. I can never Which is find a good any. recommendation. Because as much as wine shops want to serve you when they curate stuff, they're yeah. not bringing a ton of this stuff. Not in. like the, the good stuff. Yeah. Not like the stuff that we want to drink. You know? All right, next question. What if we wanted a splurge-worthy champagne? I mean, there's always a handful of names that come up, like Salas and Krug and stuff like that. But what's your take on that? Um, there's so many, honestly. A couple. You uh, yeah. Know, and by listing a couple doesn't yeah. rank them or exclude any. You know, uh, there's one wine that I really, like, I love Agrippar's wines. I love his entire range, but I really, really like uh, his Abisoise, and I also love his Venus wine, which is actually named after the horse that farms that area. Uh, and I just, I, I love animals, so I just think it's really beautiful. So if he's farming so with a on horse, that that's what I'm splurging on for Christmas. If he's farming with a horse, is he organic, biodynamic? Oh yeah, yeah, for Probably, sure, for yeah. sure. I just, I just love that he has a reference to his horse. I just, that's cool. beautiful. I'm like just an animal that. lover, so I love that. Yeah, I, I like that too. Yeah. Um, all right, last question. You told us what your favorite champagne is, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't you mention it before? Yeah, Ponson. Right. Uh, Drink it every single day. All right, so I'm going to be talking to to a bunch of people. I'm going to ask you this question. Best temperature to serve champagne? People tend to serve it too cold. Sometimes they forget to chill it. But if you're planning to do it right, and I'm not talking like exact temperature, Mm. but what do you... 
I think that there's a range of temperature with champagne, and I like to start with very cold, like 55, like the normal champagne temperature that everyone thinks of. Is that I like wine cellar temperature? That's, that's champagne temperature okay. for sure. And um, I would say that that's what people think that they need to stick with the entire time. I think you can enjoy the evolution of the wine as it warms up. And I love I love enjoying that evolution. I never I never put it back on ice. You know, it's, it's, it's cold when it comes and it's beautiful and it's nervy and it's bright, but then it just slowly warms up and then you start to get other characters. And I mean, I enjoy both of it. I like it super cold. I also like it when it starts to warm up. So, so I enjoy that. So I'm with you, except I'm in the camp that I don't mind it warmer because I think the flavors come out and there's yeah. a whole different nuance. To oh, absolutely. It. But absolutely. let people, so not too yeah. cold. But 55 yeah, is cellar temperature, and if it warms up, you know, and, and then the acidity is super pronounced, and it gives you that zing that you're looking for when you want to drink champagne, and then it warms up, and then you get the other character. It's it's fun to just see the evolution. It's fun. Perfect. All right, I want to thank Robin Wright. Robin is the beverage director at Chisiamo in uh, Midtown, actually by Hudson Yards, in New York City. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. Thank you so much. All is. right, so. I, I'm back with Robin because I told Robin I sort of let on to the list before and I wanted to ask her for any non-champagne sparklers and I end the interview without asking her. So I'm coming back, Robin, to give you a chance to recommend because not everybody is going to buy champagne or like champagne or maybe a sparkler would make sense. What's a good holiday sparkler? Can you think of something? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, there's actually, um, I think my favorite one that really blew me away and impressed me, and our, my psalms sold it out, like, immediately, is Luis Pato from Beiras in Portugal. So, P-A-T-O? P-A-T-O. Luis Pato. Luis Pato. From Portugal. From Beiras. He works with Baga. B-E-I-R-A-S? B-A-G... B-A-G... Oh, right, right. Oh, oh the, the region or the The grade? region. The region is B-E-I-R-A-S. Okay. Beiras. And then Baga is a grape. And his name, his Spumante Rosé, or Spumanche, Spumante, however they say it in um, Portuguese, uh, from Portugal, uh, is called Informal or Informal. And that rosé is like incredible. It's it's really funky, wild, savory. I think it has a nice, really beautiful spice element to it that would be great with richer dishes that you would expect to have. You know, I, I would also think it would be a great Thanksgiving wine, but you know, we're too late for that. But um, yeah, but Christmas meals, Christmas are similar spice, to spice flavors. Ham, yeah, turkey, exactly, exactly. This would be that. fantastic with those dishes. So. Is it somewhat readily available? Um, I would it's say so. It's not like a culty um, thing that's impossible so my friend, to find. My friend, uh, Louis, uh, he started an importing company called GK Wine Imports, and he's, he's importing... He's bringing it in? He's bringing in Louis Pato. So and Louis Pato is classic from It'll be Portugal. at uh, interesting retailers. Yeah, absolutely. There. And it People should be that. really affordable, too. I would assume it's like under 20 retail. Okay. For our list, it was like 60 bucks on the list. That, that's very cheap for... That is a great list. reco, and that's why yeah. I ask people like you favorite. to make yeah. those recos. So, yeah. Um, I will also post all these on our social media. Thank yeah. you again, Robin. Of course. Thank you.
I'm at Bo Pierre Wine and Spirits in Hell's Kitchen, New York City, with Yannick Benjamin and Heidi Terzin. Yannick is the proprietor of Beau Pierre and the critically acclaimed Contento restaurant in Harlem. Heidi is the former beverage director at Gotham Restaurant and is co proprietor here at Beau Pierre. Um, I am lucky to have both of you together. So I want to ask you guys a bunch of questions about some holiday drinking. Uh, points more towards sparkly. So give me your take on this. So the first question is, can you recommend a great value champagne? Yeah, I think the Gosset Grand Reserve offers a great value. You're able to get a complex champagne coming from the Champagne region using all three of the grapes. Um, it has a nice mouthfeel. It's full bodied and it um, really gives you everything you're looking for for a champagne at a nice value. And you're selling it here for 55 That's which correct. is exactly the range I wanted. I realize we don't have to do two each, but do you have one? No, but I mean, for me, I think the one that really over delivers right now, it's obviously a little bit more, but the Frederick Savard Louverture, I mean, I think this guy is unbelievable. He's completely killing it. This is a grower champagne. It's, it retails here at $67, and I understand that, uh, you know, prices for champagne are, are quite high, but, but, you know, when we talk about what's relevant, I think uh, this is just really crushes it. I don't think you can go wrong with Gosset and Savard. No, absolutely right, not. So those are good ones. All right. Just because you're a retailer and I'm talking to Psalms and other wine people, what's you've only been open, what, a month? One what's month. <laughs> been the best-selling champagne or what do people seem to be asking about? We've had a mix of different uh, requests, but I would definitely say that people are very much interested in family-owned small production um, champagne for sure. That's the thing, grower champagne initially. So you're indicating that your customer is sort of a- Yes. Uh, informed consumer to know, you know, you got any good grower- Yes, for sure. Stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I have not gotten any like, you know, people asking for big brands. Like yeah. Woodcoco or- Yeah, I mean, oh, all good right. stuff, you know, but just no, have not. You know, yeah, right? right. So to that point, do you think people are making the trip because they know you opened a place or it's a little of both people from the neighborhood are just buying because if they know you opened a place they know that right right you know you're going to curate good stuff i think that people are coming here because there's a story behind the, the place i think uh very rarely i mean you're seeing more and more of it but actually wine stores um that are being operated by people that have ha experience with wine yeah. that's their passion that's their love it they're not just opening up a, a, a wine or liquor store right. you know it's a passion thing yes. with a curation behind exactly it, so yeah which is great for the consumer for sure all right next question heidi splurge worthy champagne Spurge, if you worthy. wanted to get one of the ones you recommended and mm -hmm. then get a baller bottle, what's a good splurge worthy? Uh, Christophe Mignon oh. is an excellent champion. M-I-G-N-O-N? Yeah. Christophe Mignon, okay. Um, he's a great grower of champagne. Um, super small production, really tasty. Um, we went to visit him the past year. And yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, and um, he's doing Pinot Meunier, and it's um, super complex. Is and that 100% Pinot yeah, Meunier? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Um, but it's a great wine, so um, he's one of my favorite producers. So that's definitely splurge-worthy. That's not that crazy, though. Yeah. No, one buck fifteen. A buck fifteen's not. Yeah. And, and uh, we only got, I think, of this wine, maybe six bottles allocated to us. That's it. So that's oh, it, yeah. yeah so, it's not I mean, easy to get. And, and, <laughs> and I think, you know, when it's done correctly, uh, Meunier in Champagne is absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's I got texture. Uh, I agree <laughs> with that. 
All right, so we both agree on the uh, mignon, right? Yep. All right, so there are people that want champagne. Some yep. people maybe can't afford it, and some people are looking for something interesting. So can you think of any non-champagne sparklers we should consider? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, for myself, definitely the one that I've been really excited about. Um, there was a sample bottle of this dropped off a couple of months ago, and I just fell in love with it. It's Marie de Louvois. It's a Cap Noir, so Marie de Louvois. So D-E-L-O-U-V-O-Y. Marie yeah, yeah, three, de three, Yeah, three words. I don't Marie have the pronunciation. No, no. Yet. But a carte noir, and this is 100% Pinot Noir, and this is a Cremant de Bourgogne. It's actually right on the border of Champagne, so it has the same terroir, pretty much the same microclimate, and that's 100% pure Pinot Noir, Blanc de Noir. And boy, does it have minerality, precision. It is delicious. It's 32 bucks, and this is something I, that I just go through so much, and I'm so proud to have this here. So what I find interesting is... Somebody dropped this off, you tasted it, and you loved it? Yes. Did you know about this before? Never, never heard this it. This just like popped into your life. Yes. You fell in love with it, and yes. now you're so, That's a great story, it, right? It, it, no, it was basically a couple of bottles. And it's a great value, right? It's a great to value. Quality to price? Yeah, no, we've been killing it. We've sold a lot of. Yeah. I actually just did a, a very good friend's wedding, and they, they bought a bunch of cases of this stuff. I'm wow. talking about like uh, 15 cases. Mm -hmm. Heidi, you have any suggestions, or you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I also like the Perigot and Richard. Um, Cremant de Bourgogne. Um, so this is um, coming from Burgundy as well. The great is Parigo the producer. Yes, yes. that's right. P A R I G O T. Yeah. Parigo monochrome. Yeah. Okay. So Tell this is more. a Cremant um, coming from Burgundy. It's all coming from the um, village of Sevigny Le Bon. 100% Pinot Noir. They are able to do other blends there, but they um, this particular wine is 100% um, Pinot Noir, and um, it's traditional method, and um, it spends about. Um, I think up to 36 months on its leaves before it's disgorged. And so I'm, I think this is a really nice alternative to a rosé champagne. It's priced at 32 and it's super tasty. I was going to say, it looks like a rosé. Yeah. Uh, Yannick, when you open this, this is not a rosé. No, no, it's clear. It's white, Blanc de Noir. Yeah, that's correct. Um, those are great suggestions. It's funny, they're both Pinot Noir. <laughs> mm. All right, last question, and I think people fumble over this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's what glasses are best to serve champagne in. I think everyone is conditioned yes. to flutes. Yes. I, th there's two things. People are conditioned to flutes and they're conditioned to champagne as a celebratory. Yes. Thing. You should drink it all the time. Yes. And when you drink it, what should you drink it in? Well, the, the champagne flutes for someone like myself is not very nose accessible because I have a very big nose. You know what I mean? <laughs> not that big. <laughs> so, <laughs> your ego's a lot bigger. <laughs> Oh my God. No, but I think, you know, I mean, I have glasses over at Contento, the Gabrielle glass. I think it's the perfect glass, you know, something all, like an all-purpose all glass. I don't think you need to go further than that. I mean, it, it really brings out the aromas and all that kind of stuff. So to that point, one of the reasons you do that is you want the opening to be bigger than a flute, right? Yeah, I think when you're dealing and why? with... Well, when you're dealing with terroir-driven champagnes, like... Uh, like Frederick Savar, for example, you know, it's giving you complex juice. It's not just like, it's not just about the bubbles. It's about more that's going on. And you want to really taste the terroir and the vintage. So having it in a wider glass allows it to open up and to really allow it to be expressed. I agree. So get rid of those flutes. <laughs> All right. I think you guys have been her very helpful for us for the <laughs> holiday ah, season. Um, I want to thank Yannick, Benjamin, and Heidi thank you. from Contento. 
up in Harlem, and Beaupierre, the <laughs> newly opened Beaupierre Wine and Spirits. We're exactly on 10th between 46th and 47th, right? Exactamundo. The beautiful thing here is pretty much any time Heidi and Yannick are going to be here, one or the other or both. Yeah. So um, it's a great place to come by and stock up on your uh, holiday wines and champagne. So thank you again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm talking with Aldo Somme the wine guru at the legendary Le Bernardine and Aldo Somme Wine Bar in New York City. The reason I say wine guru is I'm not sure beyond that there's the right title for you. So I've given you the wine guru. I'm just right? a regular sommelier. Yeah, That's there it. There you go. There you go. Who walks around with a Tastavan all day? A right? regular sommelier. Yeah, true. You're right. All right. So, Aldo, I want to uh, take advantage of your expertise for the holidays, um, and I want to focus towards champagne mostly. So the first question I want to ask you is, can you recommend a great value champagne for the holidays? Absolutely. Um, probably one of my favorites right now is from Le Herte Freyre, the okay. Ultradition. It's really delicious. And it's priced. Yeah, it's not crazy, and it's a little bit, you know, it's a grower, but right. a really great grower. Right. And Tell people quickly what a grower is. Uh, a grower is um, quite the opposite of a house, you know. A house owns uh, land, but they also given their size, they purchase grapes, and they have a style of the house. Right. right. And that stays over a couple of years or decades the same. A grower is quite the opposite. It's like when we go to Union Square, go to the market, right? That farmer farms often by dynamic. Uh, organically and is much smaller in size and varies as a result quite a bit and I want to experience this in wine you know there's a beauty in different in different in the vintages right it's less house formulaic you know I mean not that those houses both have their rights and their place they make some you know wonderful wines Uh, all right so the next question it sort of segues into the obvious follow-up to that if you wanted a splurge worthy champagne if you wanted to spend money what do you go out and buy money is not a problem no okay especially from you uh yeah right (laughs) i still have to go to work i mean mean your body of knowledge what you taste um i'm a huge fan of crystal i happen to love that champagne i like the philosophy i love the people behind it and even if you just go to the rudder collection the 242 even if you don't splurge that high i think it's an absolutely delicious champagne it negates exactly that rivalry between house and and, I was just going to say and that. grower um, and, and they're, they're one of the big houses that's biodynamic also yeah I mean they're small among yeah <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but, but mean, bigger than a grower but they're super respected I love Jean-Baptiste Le Caillon the cellar master what he does and the philosophy and how how dedicated he is yeah. and you can taste this immediately I, I agree with you I mean that that's a great example it's accessible it's wonderful it's always good um what because you're sort of in restaurant retail let's take the wine bar um what these days is the most popular champagne uh rita jamais la caravelle really i you know it just fits the bill first of all so we love rita we love We're i happy mean who doesn't that she's still making her champagne yeah. it sells well it sells well it, it, it tastes well you know it's f- i mean it's there's so many check boxes I'm happy to hear that yeah that's a nice answer you know um, 
I didn't ask this to everyone. I'm asking it to you because, you know, this is arguably one of the finest restaurants in the world. And you, as I said, are the wine guru. (laughs) What's the greatest champagne and food pairing? The greatest champagne and food pairing? Yeah. What's the best champagne and food pairing? And then what's your favorite champagne and food pairing? You know, I would have a hard time to answer that question because okay. it becomes all really context-driven. Because it, there is no such... It's like, ask, it's like looking for what is your favorite dish, right. right? That would change, you know, is it in the winter, is it in summer? Are the strawberries in season if it's a strawberry dish so or it's not? it's a seasonal thing? It's a seasonal thing. a gorgeous piece of fish. The sauce on it may change how you pair it. One hundred percent. Yeah. Or if it even just a preparation. So uh, then, what's the advice? Drink whatever you want with whatever no, you want. No, it's probably if you want to stick on the safe side, go on a brut uh, version of champagne, and maybe not uh, go on nature, uh, brut nature, meaning because then they become more austere. Right. The moment you have a little bit of residual sugar, a little bit of dosage, you have a little bit more more wiggle room to navigate. Right. Right. Then the more extreme you go, the more specific it gets and the more dialed in you get. I love them, you know, don't make me... It's context-driven, but if you ask a free range... See, I I think it's fair. I mean, I think, you know, every question doesn't have that exact answer. And like I said, who knows this better than you? Mm. The answer is very... If it's on a general note, I stick on the safe side and I'm going to be fine. I'm all for that. All right, so... Is there any other sparkler besides champagne that's exciting you now that we should be drinking, drinking for the holidays? To be actually very honest, and then my answer might sound a little bit biased, and I have a, an, a second answer for that too. Actually, I when I, this year's with my sommeliers, I tasted some Austrian sparkling wines from Loimer. And actually, they were blown away how delicious they were. And again, the regular sparkling wines from Austria, but right, you're Austrian. Yeah, you f- uh, obviously. No, no, but it, you know, I'd say in the last five years, the recognition of those wines into the Burgenland plus Luxembourg, yeah. we eat all those. You know. No, but the I looked at my team, and they have no Austria connection. So I looked at that and I saw how they responded, and I said, "Wow, this is actually impressive." And if you didn't let me go by with the Austrian answer, I actually like uh, Cremant de Jura uh, from. So it's absolutely delicious and it's really really good you don't have to go necessarily jump always into champagne right um and i i didn't mention but we're also going to post these on social media so people you know can see them plus you know the podcast there's actually domestic uh sparkling wine i actually like quite a bit it's from wenzlau uh, yes, uh, they're down actually in Santa Rita Hills, and they are making a good sparkle. Yeah, <laughs> what's the grape? Uh, it's Pinot and Chardonnay. Oh, it's wow. really tasty. Wow, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what people want to hear. They want to hear recommendations. All right, final question. I'm going to let you go. And we discussed this a little before. When you pour a glass of champagne, what's the right pour? And I had asked you this off air, is it a third, a quarter, half? And you said, well, what kind of glass? So answer the question completely. Well, we still are in this uh, time era where people say, you know, uh, I stopped wine glass. Look, we're in this kind of strange in-between times where, look, people still are attached to the flutes. 
and if they attach to the flutes, then so it is, right? Uh, so I say there, you know, listen, put put the three ounces in, no more than that, right? Yeah. Then you don't, yeah, because uh, you want to have the champagne always, you know, chilled and fresh. It's no problem to pour from the bottle, right? But once the bottle, the champagne is stale, it's stale. Right? That's one. And in the wine glass, I do probably the same because each wine glass varies a little bit, right? right. I'm obviously very Zalto, obviously uh, attached because of also my ambassadorship to them. But even there, I play around. Uh, with it's the white wine glass, no more than three ounces. I like, again, I like the freshness. I like the that kind of component. So if you're using a flute, you're saying three ounces. You're also saying it's okay and encouraged to use a wine glass because you like that bigger opening to let the aromas in and out. And even for that, and those glasses vary. Azalto is different than a Correct. needle or whatever. Look, champagne is one of the most ounces. sensitive wines you find. So you need to be, you just don't pour away too much too little. No, it's, right. I, give you, I give you maybe a little bit of a more rustic example. When I drink beer, I'd never order a liter. Or if you go to Oktoberfest to get the big mug, right. right? They become too stale too quickly. Right. Right. That's right. why when you go to the town of Cologne, you order the traditional Kolsch. Right. Just drink a it's lot just of it's yeah, yeah because they're little but they're fresh and crisp. That's, right. Uh, and that keeps you animated to drink. That that's uh, important and that's actually a good tip because if you're drinking champagne, you want it to be fresh. You want it to hold a little of that chill. I mean, Correct. I don't wind, mind it when it warms up a little because the flavors come out. But most people want, you know, a little temperature to it. All right. Those are all great answers. I want to thank you, Aldo Somme. Aldo from La Bernadine and Aldo Somme Wine Bar right here in the center of Manhattan in New York City. Aldo, thank you and have a great holiday. Thank you. Happy holidays. I'm here with Annie Shi. Annie is a partner at King Restaurant and the new Jupiter Restaurant in Rockefeller Center. We're actually sitting at Jupiter. Um, congrats on Jupiter. Thank How you. How long have you been open? I know it's not a long time. Uh, we are at the beginning of week four. We opened Thanksgiving week, so wow. not much time. That's crazy. Um, I know you said it's a crazy time of year, but it's a good time of year. Yeah. I mean, I worked in this neighborhood for a long time. This is like ground zero for like tourism and activity. It definitely so gets you, you in the holiday spirit. Yeah, that's for you got sure. the tree out. <laughs> All right, Annie, so I need your help for some holiday champagne records. I'm okay. reaching out to the experts, and I want to get their take on what we should be drinking. So first question is, can you recommend a great value champagne for the holidays? Something yes. accessible, yeah, you know, reasonable. Um, not saying cheap or expensive. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think with recent vintages, it's hard to find champagne. I would say under fifty dollars, forty dollars okay, these that's days. What I um, but two that come to mind. One is a perennial favorite that always just delivers more like bang for its buck is the Chardonnay Ch uh, Thai Saint Anne. That is so the it's favorite. The Chartontelier, but the Saint Anne. Yeah, okay. that's the cuvee. That's their entry level, okay. and it's absolutely delicious. And I think really over de delivers on its price point. And that's that you can find pretty easily. I, right. I would say like Astor or good, better. Yeah, exactly. You know, wine shop or whatever. And then something that is a little newer to us is Champagne Ponson, um, a smaller grower Champagne. Um, that is also very reasonably priced. 
Um, I think you'd have to seek this one out a little bit more, but it is absolutely delicious. Is it P O N S O N? Yeah. You're it's the second the... person today to recommend. Oh, really? We are pouring it right now um, at Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. And it's such a pleasure to discover, you know, at this point, new newer producers who are making great entry-level champagnes because it is getting very difficult. Is uh, Hanson considered a grower? Yes. Okay. All right, so those are great ones. And yeah. I didn't mention, but we post on our social media. Yeah. So people, besides hearing the podcast. Yeah, we'll Maxime Ponson is at the flagship of Ponson and right. organic farming, all that good stuff. Right. They're really great. Um, all right. This should be a fun one for you. How about a splurge-worthy champagne? What if money's Ooh. no object, you're a baller? That you is a tough one. You got dinner with a rich friend? Yeah. Um, my favorite all-time champagne producer is Cedric Bouchard. And those wines talk about hard to find these days. So hard to find and expensive. Yeah. Expensive because they're hard to find too. Yeah. And with the past couple of vintages being what they were, you know, less quantity being available as well. So um, we've seen the price go up and the quantity dropped, which is always challenging. But he makes some of the most energetic, vibrant champagnes out there. Can um, you find them? Sometimes? You can. Um, you know, they come out in the fall, and there are certain retail shops that do carry them. Um, I know Leon and Son had some, Aster Wine had some, all the usual suspects, um, but they get snatched up real fast. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this question is redundant, but your favorite champagne? Um, I mean, is it the Bouchard or it is be Bouchard? I just got married in the fall, and okay. we drank Bouchard to start on both days of the wedding because um, we got to visit. If not then, when? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we drank we drank it with some age, which is always really special. Um, another producer that is a little easier to find, but really still fantastic, is Pierre Bayette. Um, B a i l l e t t e. It's um, it's now run by Perrine Bayette, um, the daughter, and um, there's one particular bottling that I love, which is called the Cur de Cray. Um, it's a Blanc de Noir, and it's you know delicious, creamy, lovely dark fruit. Um, I'm a I'm a Blanc de Noir drinker, so I always look for look for that category. Um, for my listeners, when you say Blanc de Noir, is that mostly or predominantly Pinot Meunier or not necessarily? Not necessarily. It um, It's usually a blend of Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier. Okay. Um, you're seeing more and more Pinot Meunier these days, actually, because that grape has become increasingly popular. It was kind of a more neglected grape of the three in Champagne. Right. Um, it's, it's having, its, it's, having its moment, yeah. So is there any Chardonnay in this? No, no. So oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, Blanc de Noir, 100% cool. Pinot Noir Meunier. All right, that's a good one. All right, any other non-Champagne sparklers that are exciting you or should be we should be looking for? Yeah. Maybe you don't want Champagne, maybe you don't have the money. There may yeah, be of course. I mean, I would say Cremants from the Loire are always great value. Um, obviously, for the Jupiter opening, we've recently have done a little bit of a deep dive into Italian sparkling, and one that we really love is the Donati Sparkling Trebbiano um, from Emilia Romagna. 
and that is a little a little more on the natural side but absolutely delicious and like has enough acidity to be food friendly um we love it here yeah i we had dinner at king not that long ago we had a sparkling rosé lambrusco yes it was lighter yes it was delicious though um i mean lambrusco you think red fizzy dark but in, in that same kind of vein there's this resurgence of of lambrusco producers who want to make you know what they're calling like real wine and not just right. like the dark red yeah. sweet stuff and you probably it, it was terra vive is the producer I think so. I have a bottle incredible shot acidity on it really nice mousse and fantastic yeah, yeah. My wife that's still, a great bottle actually yeah um and that's why you go to places like jupiter and king because you curate these great wines so it's not a coincidence all right last question this is a work night so i have to let you know <laughs> um technical question how many pours should you get out of a bottle so i asked other guests, what type of glass? Everyone's moving away from the flute to a more open yeah. wine glass. But if you like a flute, use a flute. Just drink. But how many pours should you get out of a bottle? What is the pour about? And maybe there's no exact answer, yeah. but how do you answer it? So I would say there is no exact answer. Um, typically, you get five pours out of a 750 milliliter bottle of okay. wine. That's around five ounces per glass. Okay. I would say for champagne, you can get easily six to eight. So you can go a little five lighter. To like three, three and a half. Yeah, I would pour like a little less than five. Um, I mean, I think for a good reason, the bubbles last longer, but also I find that I like to top up champagne so that it always has that nice, like, creamy mousse on top um and also we typically in restaurants see champagne as a start to the meal and amongst certain wine friends as an end to the meal as almost a palate cleanser and so it typically isn't that full full pour um but i would pour ideally six glasses okay yeah um are you going to be around for the holidays or because you opened you're on a crazy schedule um i'm on a crazy schedule i will be around this holiday season okay. we didn't we didn't plan a whole lot because with jupiter opening well, you, you know took a, and you took a nine week honeymoon or something right? i took a i took a week and a half honeymoon right. seemed like two weeks but it, why, it felt like it up? felt like nine weeks because it was that relaxing good for you yeah all right i want to thank annie she and he is uh, one of the principals at king downtown in soho and the brand new jupiter and rockefeller center thank you annie and happy holidays thank Thank you. Happy holidays. Just talk to me about champagne for a second. If, I mean, we can all drink Salas and, you know, be ballers, but if you want to drink champagne as a treat, but not spend a ton of money, I mean, where do we go with that? Is that, you know, some growers that are not you know, super famous. Is it the Rotorer? We did Rotorer last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're biodynamic, they're reasonable. I mean, is that still a place to stay? I think Rotorer vintage wines are a steal you know they're they're such great wines and they're not horribly expensive you know they're not cheap it's not cheap to buy these wines by any means no but for what you're getting but for what you're getting you're yeah. getting a great you're getting a great wine for the price of of what you would otherwise get a good wine for and that numbered series i mm-hmm. mean i forgot what we drank last year i think two, it was 242 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it's up a few since mm-hmm. then or whatever that's i think, I think like, they're on 243 now yeah
If you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's samatthegrapenation.com. Subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Leave a review if you like the podcast. And thank you for that. Follow us on Instagram at sbenruby and on Twitter at benruby. I know it's confusing, but you can always use the hashtag the Grape Nation to find us on both. We are on Facebook at the Grape Nation. I will post everyone's recommendations on our social media sites. Thank you to everyone that joined us for this show: Robin Wright, Yannick Benjamin, Heidi Turzen, Aldo Som. Annie She and Josh Green. Thank you to our engineers at the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation.